Amen. If you would grab your Bibles, turn to the book of John, John chapter 14 tonight. John chapter 14. And before we sang that last song, Brother Andrew said, We got a little we got a little time. Do you think do you do you think we ought to sing another one? And I I really wasn't sure and then I we sang that was that was two songs ago there. And so he we'd already we already had those on the schedule though. So we sang those last two and he said, If you want another one, just let me know and he pulled out wonderful peace and I thought I can't get anything else better to go with the message tonight. And so uh, John chapter 14 is where we are. And he starts off this chapter right here with just a few words of, Let not your heart be troubled. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. I thought that was pretty good. I said, well, you know, there's no real point in me working that hard to find something better. Lord knows what he's doing. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. And whither I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whence thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know, not, ye know him and have seen him. And so uh, I'm going to pause right there. We're going to come pretty, pretty much through the entirety of John chapter 14, but uh, he starts off right here with that statement, let, your, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, in John chapter 13, Jesus Christ ultimately, right, he's coming down to the end of his ministry. And they're having the Last Supper, what is called the Last Supper. And it's Jesus and the, and the Twelve are there. And Jesus Christ is revealing some things in the chapter, right? And if you're familiar with John chapter 13, you, you know that's, that's kind of the, the rebellion chapter, right? Judas is going to betray me. Ultimately, it was someone here that's sitting right here. They're dipping the sop with me. That, same, that person's going to betray me tonight. That's kind of a troubling statement, isn't it? If I were to stand here and go, one of you people in this room, want somebody here tonight that's in the service is going to be a rebel and they're going to go out and they're going to turn against the church. And everybody at the table was looking around except for John. Everybody was looking out around going, is it me? <laughs> is it me? John's the only one, right? He leans over. Who is it? Everybody, everybody's like, man, is it, am I going to betray him? They didn't know, they didn't know if they were going to be the one. We all know our ultimately, right, it's Judas Iscariot is about to, and he's going to go out and he's going to betray Jesus Christ. But that's a pretty troubling statement right there. He's stirring the waters there at the table real quick. They're going, man, am I, am I the one who's going to fail? Am I going to betray him? Not only that, but Jesus also reveals that he's going to die that night. <laughs> I, I'm going to die, gentlemen. <laughs> it's over with. They're going to take, they're going to kill me. That's pretty rough. What if I were to say that tonight? Hey, they're going to come in by force. The police are going to come in. They're going to take me. They'll arrest me. They're going to try me and kill me. That's troubling. 
the man that they've been following now for over three years, the one they know is the Messiah. We believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Hey, they're going to take me and kill me. That's troubling. And then on top of that, Peter says, hey, no, it's not going to be you. And he says, no, Peter, you're going to deny me thrice. That's pretty shocking too. Peter, you're one of the best. Everybody looked at Peter. I mean, it was, you know, Peter, James, and John. You don't get any closer to Jesus than Peter, James, and John. And the fact that Peter would... So the Lord reveals in chapter 13 three of some of the most troubling statements these men are going to have to deal with. You and I deal with things and we get news and we get told things and we find out things and we learn things and it is troubling. Do you ever get troubled? And the heart gets troubled? And the problems are there? And you really think, I don't even know what to do. What do I do with that? Hey, somebody's going to betray Jesus tonight. Man, am I going to do that? (laughs) That's troubling. Oh, well, they're going to kill me tonight. Oh. Well, how do I stop that? Nothing you can do. Peter finds that out. He draws his sword later, right? He's going to go ahead and fight and defend. Or just put that away. Not time for that. It's time for me to die. Nothing for you to be able to prevent, even though the trouble is there. Hey, Peter, you're going to deny me. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, gonna, I'm with you all the way to the... No, you're going to deny me. You ever, been fail- you, you ever feel troubled by your own failures? There's some troubling things right here. <laughs> We get troubled and we get down and we get discouraged and we get depressed and we get into some funks and we get into, I don't know how you want to put it. (laughs) However you want to put it, that's what we feel. We get down, we get discouraged, we get beat up, we get beat on. (laughs) And Brother Andrew gets up here all smiles, right? Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. He didn't read it, but verse 2 is probably my favorite in that whole song. What a treasure I have in this wonderful peace, buried deep in the heart of my soul, so secure that no power could mine it away while the years of eternity roll. Nothing's blowing that out of there right there. You, you, you don't have enough TNT to do it. No terrorist attack's going to make it happen. You can blow up whatever you want to blow up. It's already in there and there's no taking it out. That's the wonderment of having God with you. In John chapter 14, he purposely, I believe, Jesus purposely starts the chapter with those few words. Let not your heart be troubled. Say, why? Because I just gave you a whole bunch of trouble back there. You got a reason to be troubled, gentlemen, right? That's what this guy says. Guys, I know, I know those were some troubling things. I know those are worrisome things. Those are some heavy things, some things that you really aren't fit to carry and aren't fit to deal with and aren't fit to handle. You can't quite wrap your brain around the fact that the Messiah would have to give his life before he could go ahead and save anybody else. 
You can't quite wrap your brain around anybody ever betraying Jesus. You can't wrap your head around the fact that Peter would ever deny him. I mean, these are some hard things. And he says, no, no, let not your heart be troubled. And in John chapter 14, he gives him the answer for the troubled heart. And if you've got a troubled heart tonight, the Bible's got an answer for the troubled heart. And if you're saved in here, his statement about it is, let not your heart be troubled. Well, you believe in God, believe also in me. And then he's going to talk to you about what you ought to have your hope in. And we'll have a word of prayer and we'll look at just three things tonight. Just three things that will go ahead and take a troubled heart and make it light again. And so let's have a word. Father, I do pray you would meet with us tonight, strengthen us and help us. That Jesus Christ would be praised and that the word of God would have free course and free reign throughout the service. That you give me wisdom as I speak and help me to say nothing out of place and everything to be a, fit, a word fitly spoken tonight, that the Word of God would be able to minister grace to the hearers. And Lord, once again, you would be honored and glorified. We pray that Jesus Christ would be able to, to work in our hearts tonight. And Lord, I pray if someone here is lost without Jesus Christ, they don't have the same hope that we do. They've got a troubled heart tonight about their sin. I pray they would fix that and come to Jesus Christ and get salvation. But Lord, for those of us who are saved, and I believe the vast majority, if not all, are saved here tonight, I pray we wouldn't live in a place where our hearts are constantly troubled and we'd be able to have peace, not just peace with God, but the peace of God, day in and day out in our lives. And that we'd remember the things we ought to remember so that we can have the peace in this life, no matter what storms are raging around us. Father, we love you and we do pray you'd come back soon to take us home in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He starts off here in verse number one down to verse number seven. We already read and I won't read it again, but uh, the times that we're troubled, the times that we, we feel overwhelmed, the times that the news doesn't seem very good and it doesn't look very good. He, he points to a few things. And the first thing he points to is that there is a heaven waiting. There is a heaven waiting for us. I. Uh, it's not, it's not a question, it's not a maybe, it's not a might. He looks at them and he says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. <laughs> I go to prepare a place for you. He's going, hey, if it's not true, why would I tell you this? And if it weren't true, I'd tell you what the real thing is. If you can't trust Jesus, I don't know who you trust. And he says, hey, look, you can trust me. Guess what? You believe in God, believe also in me. And in my Father's house, there's many mansions. Hey, guess what? When he immediately, when we start getting into our troubles and we start getting in focusing on our problems and we start getting troubled in our hearts and our, our, our depression, our anxiety, our worry, our struggles start showing up, you know what God, first thing God says is, hey, don't forget there's a heaven waiting for you. Amen. Oh, there's troubles in this life. And in this life, you will have trouble. We find that very clearly over and over again. Man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Man is a few days and full of trouble. I mean, there's verse after verse after verse after verse. We're trouble 
All right, we're in trouble all the time. You're either in trouble, coming out of trouble, or going into trouble. There's always trouble. You don't even have to try and get into trouble. Trouble finds you. And your heart gets trouble. You know what God says? You start feeling the trouble. You know what you start? Better, you better remind yourself real quick. Let not your heart be troubled. Why? Because in my Father's house are many mansions. Brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant <laughs> concerning them which are asleep. They sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. <laughs> you and I are not hopeless. You're, you know why the heart gets troubled? It feels like there's no hope. That's depression and discouragement and troubles and, tri and the pressure gets on. You know what happens? We start feeling like we're hopeless. And God says, we are not as others that have no hope. <laughs> hey, guess what? A trumpet sounded. <laughs> you say, well, it, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> okay, well, don't be one of those scoffers. Where's the promise of his coming? Don't go that side. You know what you do? You go, wasn't, wasn't today, but could be tomorrow. <laughs> hey, he didn't come yet, but he's coming quickly. Amen. That's his statement, isn't it? Behold, I come quickly. <laughs> well, he's not coming quick enough for me. Never does. You ever notice how the Lord never comes as quick as you'd like him to? You got troubles and problems and trials and you're like, couldn't you just hurry it up? You own the cattle on a thousand hills. Kill one of them. Let me get what I need here. You look around and go, man, could, Lord, you have all power. Couldn't you just? And he says, yeah, but I need to wait just a minute. I need to let patience have her perfect work. I hate that verse. Anybody else? I, I just, I'm not a big fan of that one. That's one of the ones where, right? There's certain verses in the Bible we read and we're like, yeah. If I had my way, I'd have cut that one out. All right. But boy, you know what he's, he's saying? He's sitting there going, hey, there's going to come a day in Revelation chapter 21. There's going to come a day when God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more sorrow, nor death, nor crying. And the former things are going to be passed away. There's coming a day. You know what he's saying? He's saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, in this life you'll have tribulation. I've overcome the world. <laughs> What's the worry? What are we so discouraged about? What are we so depressed about? I'll tell you, you and I have struggles and people have struggles and some people in this room may have some problems and some troubles that we never will imagine and we'll never know all about and we won't be able to fathom, but God reaches down and He says, hey, in my Father's house are many mansions. Amen. You may feel like you're in trouble today, but praise God, you can look up and go, I know there's a heaven waiting for me and if today is my last day, it'll be the last day here on this earth, but it won't be my last day. Amen. I have eternal life because of a great God, Jesus Christ, who saved me and keeps me and wants to go ahead and bring me up there. And he's got a mansion, a place waiting for me. Yeah. Waiting for me. Whew. You get thinking about heaven. Heaven's a wonderful place. You know, heaven's a place where no sin will ever be. Yeah. I could think about that for... My entire, the rest of my life, I could think, how is it going to be without any sin? I, I, I just, I can't imagine that piece right there. I don't know how that works because, you say, why? Because I'm so sinful. You know, uh, Isaiah, you know, I'm, uh, 
dwell, I'm a sinner and I dwell amongst the people of, an, of, of sinners and we're all sinners and everybody's a sinner. It's like, it's like Enoch, right, preaching, the preacher of righteousness against all their ungodly deeds, which ungodly sinners have ungodly committed. That's our entire life. We're surrounded by it constantly. You can't even imagine a place that's so clean that you'll never have a thought that doesn't match godliness and holiness and righteousness. Say, why, why, do, why shouldn't I despair? Why shouldn't I have a troubled heart? you're going to go to a place that is absolutely pure where no trouble will ever show again you realize we're going to go to a place where no troubles could ever arrive there's no storms across Jordan's stormy bank that day the storms have all ceased and it's quietness forever that is amazing you and I I can't fathom a life with no troubles I can't fathom a life with no sin, but I can't fathom a life without a trouble again. Without a failure. Without a betrayal. Could you imagine a life like that? And you're going to have it for all of eternity. You say, well, you know, um, I'm going through some hard things and I've got some troubles and I've got some problems. Yeah, but you won't have any of those there. The former things will be passed away. All that stuff will be gone. There will come a day that the higher will triumph and Jesus Christ will go ahead and re- step down out of the glories of heaven and come and get his bride and come and take you on home and you will never have to deal with any of the troubles you've ever dealt with in this life. It'll all be over with. There are no financial troubles in heaven. <laughs> you realize that? There's no financial problems. So how do you know? They pave the streets with gold. The walls are gems. <laughs> the gates are pearl. Money means nothing there. You'll never have to worry about another bill. You'll never have to worry about another sickness. You'll never have to worry about another death in the family. You won't have to worry about pain and agony. You won't have to worry about sins and sorrows. You won't have to worry about personal problems. Think about that for a moment. You won't have any trouble with personalities ever again. Now, there's some people you like because you just have a good personality and they got a good personality with you and you just kind of mesh and, right, you're closer to them. You got other people you tolerate. Amen? You know what I mean, right? You tolerate. (laughs) Say, why? Because they're family and sometimes they're God's family and so I'll tolerate them even though I don't really enjoy the presence of their company much. You know, you won't have that in heaven. You don't have any of that in heaven. Your greatest enemy in heaven, if they're saved, your greatest enemy will be an enemy no longer. Amen. <laughs> How about that? So I just don't get along with so That'll all get sorted out real quick. What's amazing is he says about us, he says that we'll be known even as we are known of God. You know how God knows you? As his son. You get to Hebrews chapter 11. We talk about it all the time. You get those, those Old Testament saints. You hit the New Testament. It's like they've never done anything wrong. They're like the greatest people. And you read the Old Testament and you're like, that is not the same. <laughs> right? 
You say, what is that? That's you, Old Testament, before, before a trumpet sounds and you and I get to go home. And then that New Testament is how everybody's going to see you when you get there. No faults, no failures, no remembrance of those former things. It'll all be a clean record. <laughs> say, how does he do that? Because the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us. Be a clean record. Say, ah, oh, well, I don't, heaven's waiting. Let not your heart be troubled. Why? Heaven's waiting. Well, I don't like the news I got today. Okay, well, heaven's waiting. How about that news? There's going to come a day when you and I don't longer have to deal with this world. We don't have to deal with this flesh any longer. And the devil will be banished for all of eternity to burn in a lake of fire continually. And he's never getting out. How about you? I already don't have a heavy heart now. I mean, let not your heart be troubled. You take care of that. That'll be all that. I don't know. You get past this one. If you need more than this, okay. But, whew. You just start thinking about heaven. You suddenly find out that the things of earth grow strangely dim. Because the day that you step into heaven is the day you finally get to see the one that died for you. And all those troubles and all the things will seem but... Slight and light affliction, which is but for a moment. And you'll get a far more exceeding and eternal weight in glory as you step in front of the one who wants to reward his servants. What a wonder. I could go on, but I'm, I'm going to move on. Second, and secondly, John chapter 14 and verse number 8, Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am the Father? I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I shall do, that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye, ask, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Not only is heaven waiting, but you have prayer that's present. If there's nothing else you've got, you know what you can do? You start thinking about heaven and the wonder that it's going to be. You know what else you have? You have somebody who's ready to be right there with you. You can go ahead and pray and you can say, God, I need you. I need your help. I need your strength. I need somebody to stand with me. I feel like I'm all alone and I'm, I'm overwhelmed with grief. I'm overwhelmed with heartache. I'm overwhelmed with sorrow. I'm overwhelmed with all these problems. I'm overwhelmed and your heart gets troubled. You know what you can do? You can fall down on your face and say, God, please. God, please. You realize that we understand Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3, Call unto me and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He says in Job chapter 5. Actually look at this one. Job chapter 5. Hold your place in John 14. We'll come back. Look over at Job chapter 5. I thought this was a pretty awesome 
pretty awesome spot right here. Excuse me, Job chapter 5, look at verse 6. Although affliction cometh, neither doth trouble spring out of the ground, yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Look at verse 8. I would say, and unto God would I commit my cause. Why? Which doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. Who giveth rain upon the earth and sendeth water upon the fields to set up on high those that be low, that those which mourn may be exalted to safety. <laughs> he says, you know what I would do? I know, I know trouble doesn't come from the dust. and doesn't come, It comes, just, it just happens. I'm born under trouble. As a, but you know what I would do if I were in trouble? I would call on God. Well, why would you do that? Because he do exceeding great things. <laughs> you know, when you get into trouble, there's certain people you like to call upon. You know, if, if, I, have, if I have certain issues, I have people I'm going to call. <laughs> right? If, if I don't know what's wrong with my car, I'm calling Brother James. Brother James, I don't know what this thing is. You got a guess? He says, just bring it to the shop. I'm not guessing over the phone. What's wrong with you? You know? If I need a tree taken care of, I'm calling Steve Ford. <laughs> if I need a retaining wall, evidently I'm calling Brother Jared. That's what we're doing. Right? I mean, there's certain things. You have certain problems in life. You have certain troubles, certain issues that are going on. You say, hey, you know what? I just need to call so-and-so. They'll help me out. I'll call them up. They will help me out. We'll get through this. Why? Because they're the best person I know for that job right there. If I need it, that's who I call. Right? We, I, I got a guy for that, right? I've got a guy. And you know what we do? Sometimes our troubles come and we skip over the greatest person we could ever have talked to. Why? Because he doeth all things well. You know, there are those people that do everything really good. They're annoying, Right? doesn't matter what they touch right they touch it and it becomes gold and it's amazing and it's wonderful and you're like I don't what I tried for an hour I couldn't get that thing to do anything you go oh they always get everything right they're always just so good at everything you know God is good at everything he doesn't even know how to not be good at stuff he has he ever failed I don't know I don't know of any time he's ever failed. Say, so has, has he ever come up short on what he said he could do? I don't know of one time. Has he ever not been there for somebody who needed him and called upon him? And Nope. Not that I can think of. Say, well, how do I know that he's going he's gonna to answer me? Call on to me and I will answer thee. That's his promise. For I have said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's his promise. 
Why don't we call on the one who can take care of whatever troubles we're in? Real simple. Real simple thought here. But the truth is, the disciples knew when they were on the boat and the storm came, who to go wake up. Now they had it all wrong, you know, carest thou not that we perish and all the things, right? But let's face it, they at least knew who to wake up. <laughs> Do something about this. You're the only one who can handle it. <laughs> Don't you care we're about to die? And he says, oh, why are you so fearful? Didn't you just call upon the one who can do anything? Why are you so fearful with the troubles? I'll tell you why. Because you aren't calling upon the one who can answer. It brings wonderful peace when you go ahead and spend time with the only one who can answer. He's a very present help in time of trouble. He's there for you. Why should, my troubled, why should my heart not be troubled? Well, heaven's waiting, but prayer is present. You got it. If you, want to answer, if you want to go ahead and get to him, you've got it. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But oftentimes we don't ask. Because sometimes, you know what I think it's strange? I think sometimes we like to think, well, I'm going to be tough and I'll handle it and I don't want to ask him. We forget that we're not that tough. And he always wants us to ask. He always just wants to be there. He's as a father pitieth his children. He wants to reach down and pick you up and Go ahead and fix it. <laughs> hey, call on me. Ask anything in my name. I'll take care of it. That's confidence. So why am I letting my heart get troubled? Well, all goes back to that little, ye believe in God, believe also in me. You just don't trust he's going to answer your prayers. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble, and he's waiting to help you. He's waiting. Oh, let me put it this way. Jesus Christ is sitting over here, and he's, he's just kind of waiting. And as he sits, he can see all your problems. Why should he move if you never ask him to? He's waiting. He's ready. It's kind of like the lost man looking up, knows Jesus could save him, understands the gospel, knows that things can be taken care of, knows that he can have his sins forgiven forever, and Jesus is just waiting. He can't save him. Until he asks. Until he calls on him. Christian, in my distress I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. And he brought me up out of a horrible pit. I think you like your distresses too much.
We live in a world today that is content with having all of their troubles and having a troubled heart so they can whine and complain about how they've been mistreated and mishandled. Instead of calling on God and saying, God, how do I get out of this? Can you help me out of this? Can you take care of this for me? And go ahead and listen to the counsel that was given to them by God and doing what he told them to do, reference this morning, feel free, so that they can get the victory that they need and they won't have to stay troubled. But I won't get off too far into the victim mentality. Instead, we'll get back to John chapter 14. Say, well, my heart's troubled. I've gotten some bad news. Some things haven't gone my way. Some, some trouble and some trials and some issues and some things that I don't really like are happening. Okay, well, let not your heart be troubled. Hey, by the way, I didn't say this in my intro. I was going to. This becomes a choice. Let not your heart be troubled. You know what that tells me? You can either let it be troubled or you cannot let it be troubled. But that's on you. It's going to be what you want to think about. Philippians chapter 4, right? You think on the wrong things, you know what you'll do? You want to keep thinking on your circumstances? You want to keep thinking on the problems? You want to keep thinking on the troubles? Go ahead. But you're going to be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Heaven's waiting. Let not your heart be troubled. Prayer is present. Let not your heart be troubled. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And we could read the rest of the chapter. I won't for the sake of time tonight. But he says in verse number 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Comforter is coming. Not only is heaven waiting, not only is prayer present, but the Comforter is on his way. <laughs> ready to comfort, ready to help, ready to work, ready to do what he was sent to do. Lead and guide you into all truth. Be there in your troubles and in your trials and in your miseries. He is there to be the God of all comfort. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, who comforted us in any trouble. Any trouble. There is no trouble you can get into that God can't comfort you in it. If you'd let Him. But let not your heart be troubled. And the Comforter comes, the Holy Ghost shows up, and He says that He'll guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into all truth. That's an amazing statement. The Holy Ghost, you say, how does he bring comfort? By guiding you in the Bible. You realize that what we know about heaven, 
we know from a Bible? Everything you know about heaven was written in a book so you could know it. And the Holy Spirit can guide you and show you the verses you need and enlighten your eyes and give you some spiritual vision of how beautiful and amazing the place is going to be of your eternal abode. And it'll lighten you. What do we know about prayer? Well, we know it from the pages of a Bible. How do I know that I can call on Him? How do I know that He'll answer? How do I know that He's there? How do I know? Look over at 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Look down at verse number 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to Him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with Him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Those men are writing and they're penning those pages, 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 pages. You say, what are they doing? They're doing what the Holy Ghost told them to do. Knowing that later he would be the comforter so that he could use what he's writing to be a comfort to you. Isn't that amazing? He gives you all these exceeding great and precious promises in a book about how he'll never leave you nor forsake you, about how he'll go ahead and meet your needs and over and over again, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's going ahead verse after verse after verse after verse after verse and the times when you need him and the times when you need him to show up and the times when he needs to answer and the times when he needs to come through, you turn open a Bible and all of a sudden the verse jumps off the page at you as if it's come to life for some reason. And, you know, and there it is right in front of your face. And God says, here you are. Amen. And you turn the pages of the Psalms and you turn the pages throughout. I mean, you can get comfort in Chronicles. Could you believe that? One of the most comforting things about the book of Chronicles to me is he cares about all those names. He said, I don't like reading Chronicles. Nobody likes reading Chronicles. Who likes reading Chronicles? All them names. Can't pronounce any of them, right? I mean, you got a book to choose out of the Bible. You're not like, yeah, I'll take Chronicles, number one on my list. Like, that's not our number one, right? It's rough enough in Ezra and Nehemiah with those lists. It's hard enough back there at Exodus, right, with the pieces of the tabernacle, and then he does the pieces of the tabernacle, and then he does pieces of the 
right? And you're like, oh, this is so tedious. Yeah, but God's a wonderful God of details. And boy, if he worries about sockets, how many pomegranates are on stuff? And Boy, he cares about me. Aren't you worth more than the sparrows and the lilies? And you're worth more than a tabernacle. And the names that he writes, you know what that does? All that does is show, you know what, I may have troubles, but God knows my troubles. And not only does he know my troubles, he's given me the answers to my troubles. And you know what? I can go ahead and look to a Bible and know heaven's real and heaven's waiting. And there's going to be a day when none of this is going to matter at all. None of it's going to matter. The troubles here are going to be but a memory if it's even allowed to be a memory. And it'll fade away and be wiped off the map. And you and I will step into the glories of heaven. And God will wipe away those tears. And all that sorrow and all that trouble will be gone forever. And today you say, well, I don't have heaven right now. And my tears are flowing and I'm wetting my pillow all night. Yeah, there may be morning in the evening. Tears for the night. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Praise the Lord, there's joy in the morning. Say, why? Because prayer is a present help. And you get to call upon Him and He gets to come through and answer and do what He does. You get to call upon the greatest being in the universe. The one who steps out and says, is there a God like unto me? I know not any. Who is so great a God as our God? There isn't anybody. There isn't anybody even in the stratosphere near Him. I mean, He is gone. He is so far above everybody else that nobody even is in contention. The devil wants to act like he is, but he's nowhere in contention. And God sits there upon a throne, high and lifted up, and you know what He says? You can ask me anything and I'll take care of it. So, well, he said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. Well, then he took care of it. Mm. Well, my troubles didn't go away. God didn't say he would take away all your troubles. But it would be a very present help in time of trouble. Maybe all you need is the grace of God to get through your troubles. Because tribulation worketh patience, and patience needs her a perfect work. And you can trust that God knows what He's doing. Always has and always will know exactly what He's doing. Because a comforter has come. And He is here. And He is willing to lead and guide you into all truth. And you can trust what He says in that book over and over and over and over and over. I don't know if you're in here discouraged tonight. I don't know if you came in mopey. I don't know if you came in here heavy hearted and things aren't going well and troubles are there and problems are there. We remember one thing. Trouble is always present. It's always around. But you and I have something the world never has. 
We have a God who cares about us and loves us and has done everything he needs to to protect us and to meet our need and to never leave us. And he's willing to answer the prayers of his people and remind us how great of a thing he gave us when he gave us the gift of heaven. And remind us that this life is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. What a wonder. What a wonder. Let's go ahead and stand tonight. I don't know if you've got some troubles on you tonight that maybe you just need to get rid of. Maybe you're thinking about the troubles and you're thinking about the problems and things just aren't working the way you want them to work and you want God to show up, but you haven't asked Him to show up. Or maybe you've asked Him and he just you feel like he, has, he hasn't done it right yet. Well, then come down and talk with Him. Let Him know, hey God, did you forget about me? Did you forget about me? I guarantee you he hasn't. Maybe you could be honest with him and say, God, I know I'm in trouble. I know I've got troubles. But I know I've got a Savior. I know I've got heaven. I know I've got my prayers. And I can call upon you whenever I need you. And I know you're willing to help me. Help me see you helping me. I need to see. Sometimes we need to just see him work and let him know you need to see him doing something. Call upon him. But let's face it, there is a great comforter inside of you. The Holy Ghost of God sent down from heaven to go ahead and help you and lead and guide you into all truth so that you can be comforted by the word of God and the scriptures. To encourage you to know God's still there. He's still working. He's still waiting. He's still doing. He is still the God of the impossible and is willing to work for you. Father, I do pray you would bless the invitation now. I pray this was an encouragement. I was going for an encouragement, and I hope it was. Lord, we love you, and we pray you'd come back soon in Jesus' name. Amen.